Let's get it then. Yeah, let's get you it. ready? Salud. Chingale su madre. Let's get it, Cesar. Let's go. Come on. Growing pains. We're <laughs> testing out a new setup, folks. Yeah, you guys are watching us on YouTube, or if you can just visualize in the audio platforms, we have a new uh, studio setup thanks to the boy Xavier, uh, the homie that lets us borrow the studio in the off hours. Uh, he got some texture to the walls. You guys probably can't see the majority of it, but he's got a beautiful yak. Right above us, which we jokingly say is our effort to get Toros Nesa back into Liga Mekis. Come on, Liga Mekis. Let's it go. happen. Yeah, but we are here. Last week, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties with our... We tried to be cool with it and split up our recording into two because we had a little <laughs> meeting. And uh, yeah, the whole second half did not record. But We got home and you tried processing it and you're like... No, no. but we got a good idea that folks like short content. So maybe we'll get something That's coming true. for you guys. A ver que a little, it was a little bit of a pilot for the seed. But yeah, welcome back, folks. We're here for episode 76. We got Cesar and myself, Omar, here for you guys. How you living, Cesar? I'm living great, man. The The rain came back in California. Uh, so cool. I was like, yeah, let's get it. A good amount of the ride was like pouring. And then other yeah. parts was like sunny. It was kind of weird. Yeah, and then uh, during my lunch today, it was kind of like humid. I was like, damn, we'll yeah, in it Florida. Still, yeah, it was still kind of like overcast, but it's cool. Yeah, no, yeah. And uh, we have some cool stuff coming up. So if you want to give a little short snippet of the conference that we're going to. Yeah, so we got invited to participate in the United Soccer Coaches Conference in Anaheim. Um, that's in mid-January, uh, so January 10th through the 14th. Um, so we'll be there right alongside like ESPN Football Americas. We'll be there next to uh, Fox Deportes. Yeah, I don't know. A bunch what, of other. I don't know what the setup is going to be yeah, like. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, <laughs> I was talking to my dad. I was like, I highly doubt I'm going to be sitting right next to Alexi Lalas, like on a little table or something, you right? You never know, dude. But you don't know. But yeah, we got invited out to that. So we'll be there. So yeah. if folks are going to it or if you're a coach and you want to head out there, if you want to become a coach, I think it's a good thing. You know more than me about the conference. Like, yeah, I mean, this conference... Uh, so I was originally going just as a coach um, and you go out there and join meetings or like conferences of people from La Liga talking or different leagues around the world, different types of people, different coaches, professional coaches, just learning and be trying to become a better coach. Yeah. Um, they have them every year. Last year was in Philly. And then this year, well, the 2024, it's in Anaheim. So it was clutch for us. Um, and then, yeah, we got lucky yeah. to, to get invited out. So, yeah, we're we're set to go. I got permission to go. Let's go. We're, we booked our hotel. Yes, we're going to be sir. out there. So if you guys are listening in and heading down there, or uh, if you know people heading down there, sh uh, shoot them our way. Uh, tell them to say what's up at our booth. We got a lot of top news today. Uh, so much so that I got to weed it down. We got Premier League over the weekend. We got La Liga. We got everything. We got Liga Mekis finishing up their final week of the season. Oh, just a little bit of a spoiler. We'll have a recap episode, a full recap episode separately. So take a look at that. Coming soon, MLS is very much underway with their playoffs. And we're on an international break. So that's what will be the majority of our 
what we're watching this weekend. So let's get right into it. The top news that I think I kept seeing everywhere on Twitter for the past couple of days, we'll talk about it, is the Mexican national team getting torched for uh, rumors coming up again, which we've heard over and over and over and over, about players being imposed upon the coaching staff. And that... Yeah. Que les ponen ciertos jugadores a los técnicos, no? Especially the técnicos that like uh, buckled under, right? They they like l allow themselves to be taken advantage of a little bit, right? So Tuca Ferretti uh, is now on that on Fútbol Picante table. And he came out and said, uh, they asked him straight up, but do they put certain players for certain coaches? And he just straight up said, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. I was like, it's like one of those things that you know it's going on, yeah. but to hear it, it's like, damn, bro. Like, yeah, to see the, how the sausage gets made is a little scarier than uh, just eating the sausage. <laughs> but um, Ochoa was among those players that. So they asked Tuca Ferretti point blank, was Ochoa one of the players that were imposed on you? And he didn't have a comment. Uh, so, I mean, if that tells you anything, I who would you guess? Give me one player. Ochoa for sure. Yeah, I'd say um, Ochoa. Hector Herrera must have been another one. Hector Herrera's interesting because he was a baller. Back and then, he's an you're Atletico. Right, you're right. Uh -huh. But uh, he, I've heard that he was one of them. Uh, but at the same time, they are ballers. And and what I what I also see it is that like sometimes they also force them, even though they'd rather bring local players, right? Like so, if the coach wants to bring Marcel Ruiz. But Televisa tells you, no, 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 we already have commercials set up with Hector Herrera, so you have to call him, right? Mm -hmm. So I also see it like even if they are ballers and they deserve the call-up, maybe they're told bring him because we have commercial needs, right? Yeah. Versus like the coach being like, no, 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 I'm not bringing Europeans this time. And then they're like, no, you sure as hell are. Like Ochoa's a baller. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I mean, he can always like – like be switched out like why does he have to play every single time why are we not like allowing other goalies to step in and try to to gain that position right yeah it's I, like i wish ochoa wasn't the case i mean he, uh, like you mentioned he's good enough to be there and be the starter but like i wish there was somebody else that young that was being propelled that way i guess in that sense too i think the the first person that comes to mind for me is Raul Jimenez at the last World Cup. Yeah, definitely. I think there might have been a little, I don't know, under the table action and, and Tata not being able to say no because they said take this injured old player that's out of form over the top goal scorer at the moment in Europa League and Santi, right? I think that was a clear show for me that like he he was yeah. being told to do something. It's um, the business needs, the money talks. Así es la selección mexicana. Like no yeah. other um, national team does it this way. Yeah, too much, too much money involved. Uh, and then on the other networks with TV Azteca, we had the folks over at what's called la, la Mesa Caliente or whatever, uh, with Martinoli and all the folks from TV Azteca. Uh, they trended as well, talking about the same topic because they started saying that they started calling out Jimmy Lozano as not being able to attend their show and be interviewed by them because he can't answer the type of questions that their network would provide him. Yeah. Because they were saying, they were calling out Televisa. They were call, they called them like, porque los de la telenovela, los de la gaviota or something, they were calling them out by like a novela name, being like, because they ask him the softball questions. We would ask him the real questions. Who, what players have you 
had imposed on you and they were like he wouldn't be able to answer that yeah they were saying el puede andar in any podcast like he's out there with youtubers podcasters radio shows but he can't come to institution or televisa like tv azteca yeah like they're a big network in mexico like why isn't he allowed there <laughs> i think tv azteca is number one in ratings just that um televisa I mean, has the money f- and has the se- owns the selection basically right yeah uh, but yeah, no, a lot of craziness. Uh, will this unravel anything? I doubt it because we've heard this before. Uh, but it's an endless know. money pit. It's an endless cycle of marketing and just feeding this. Oh, we'll we'll get there. I hope this unravels something. I hope Football Picante and Tuca keeps bringing things to light, and then I hope Tevesteca gets what they wanted and they get Jimmy on. And There's that, no and way. that they can ask Jimmy some straight up questions. Because, I mean, Jimmy has been positioned as this, like, technical of the people. Yeah. Right? So then come on the stage and tell people, like, you came in and we all thought you were going to bring in new generations and great new players and change everything up, right? Did you have that idea? And then you showed up day one and then you were like, oh, no, shit, I can't do it anymore because I have certain requirements, right? Those are the hard-hitting questions. All right. And next top news, U.S. women's national team made the headlines. Emma Hayes, a current coach of Chelsea, who is making their way in the Champions League, the Women's Champions League, um, they're hopefuls for the Women's Champions I think they're one of the favorites, has been confirmed as the new U.S. women's national team, one of the most, probably the most sought-after job in women's soccer. Yep. And uh, I think deserved people uh hold her as like an expert tactician and uh everything she's doing at chelsea has been amazing so far so shout yeah, out to her uh she played this past week against real madrid a big old controversy there and then yeah, losing but i think uh overall she's been amazing this is a great pickup by the u.s women's national team um and and it just goes to show like she's getting a big salary mm-hmm. so we're all moving in the right direction trying to get equal pay for these players and this is another showing of it i mean it's a huge difference in salary she's uh multiple sources are saying that she's going to get paid very similar if not the same as greg berhalter which he's getting a salary of 1.6 million a year to put that into perspective andonovsky the ex-coach was getting about four hundred thousand dollars a year that's insane so huge jump take (laughs) paying more for emma than having Andronovsky. Yeah, yeah. So, a thousand percent. So that is a huge jump. It's a huge jump. Money-wise, it's also a huge jump for women's soccer and equal pay, I believe. Uh, I think it's a ways to go for it to trickle down to where everybody gets paid the same as the men's side. Uh, but it's great to see that at least uh, a very similar role, right? Yeah. I think that's a good one, a good role that can start it off. The coach, because the women's coach is winning it all. The men's coach, not so much. Yeah, um, and Amber Halter's not necessarily like the top, the top coach in the world. So. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I saw another report as well that the, um, the coach of Spain, the one that just won, mm-hmm. was getting paid even less than what Andonovsky was getting paid. God damn, getting paying, uh, getting paid close to the two hundred mark. Yeah, I'm assuming Andonovsky was the top women's mm-hmm. paid coach at that time, but this raises that roof. Oh, yeah. This allows for a lot bigger of negotiation by these top women's coaches to be like, hey, she's getting 1.6, give me one, give me 800K, something like that, right? Which was unheard of before, which is awesome. Shout out to women's sports, let's, let's get go. it. 
All right. The next one that I wanted to call a little bit more of a side note, but Leon Cooperman uh, is a uh, mega investor, real estate mogul, I believe, here in the U.S. He's close to, uh, close to buying one million shares in Manchester United. And I thought that was a whole bunch until I realized that's only $17 million. I know when you put that in the notes, I was like, damn, that's a lot of money. No, it's not You're that like, much. it's just peanuts compared it, to... It's peanuts because uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe is trying to purchase a minority stake in uh, in Manchester United. And I believe it's in the billions of dollars. And that's only 25% of it. Fuck, dude. So... Yeah, he's he's in talks with the Glazers. I, I was reading a note that uh, Sir Jim Ratcliffe is um, one of the few investors that didn't want to do a full buyout, like the Saudi state and all these people that are jumping in. Uh, he wanted a minority so that the Glazers can stay in charge, but to give them more money. And at the valuation, with him buying 25% of it, was valuing it way over what everyone else was bidding for the whole amount. Oh, God. so it made a lot of sense for the Glazers to be like, all right, we'll take your money. You get a small chunk of my pie and I'm still I'm still here. I'm still owner. They're, the Glazers are just a cancer for Manchester United. Yeah, they it's a curse sold. No, yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're just not bringing the good vibes They're not bringing the the, the right, right culture from top to bottom. The right players, the right coaches. It's just been toxic ever since Sir Alex Ferguson left. It's just been downhill for Manchester United. Yeah, and it seems to be this American ownership, man. With them, Todd Bowley, Cronky for a bit. And with Arsenal, now he's doing okay. All right, the last little fun fact that we wanted to throw in there. Um, big shout-out to Megan Rapino, who had her final game. Uh, she retired after the NWSL final. Gotham defeated uh, O.L. Rain, Rain yeah. uh, from Seattle. And uh, in dramatic fashion, but even more dramatic... Megan Rapinoe got injured mid-game, which uh, brought a lot of saltiness from Twitter because a lot of people, I don't know, they, they get a ride out of being able to make fun of Megan Rapinoe because of her her antics, because of her way of being and being outspoken and pushing for certain things. Um, but even more because she came out and said that her injury, if there were a God, this is proof that there is no God kind of wild statement and opinion. it was a bit of a wild statement but on all honesty me as a not very religious person i honestly don't give a shit and i feel like in my personal opinion i think a lot of people are just hating just to hate yeah because like i mean that statement's used up a lot where you're just like yo like my soccer team lost that means that there's no it's proof there's no god right like i mean it's just but it coming out of rapine megan rapino's mouth just i feel like was throwing gas on that flame. Yeah. Throwing, everybody was like up in arms, pissed. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like she could have just said like, bro, like these things could happen and unfortunately it happened to me and now we move on. Yeah, I mean, she had an amazing career. Choice, of, now we'll move on. choice of words could have been better, but I mean, it, I think it's in kind of Megan fashion. She's like, yeah, she is controversial. That. She is like these things, right? But at the end of the day, I don't even think this is that controversial. She was just, it was almost like one of those things where you're just like, Did you know, say it jokingly or she was like joking, but like, but like, it's almost like when you say like, you know, like God doesn't love me cause you know, I just got fucked. Right. Like, and it's just like, okay, like you're not really saying anything that bad. You're just like, I hate my life. Right. Like everyone says that shit all the time. Right. I don't know. Uh, people were just taking to Twitter and pissed off, but I think they were more pissed off at Megan Rapino than they were honestly at the statement. Got it. 
All right, let's move it on to around the league, Cesar. Let's start off from the Premier League. Face you got to face the music. Yeah. Easy. Your Newcastle lost 2-0 to zero versus Bournemouth. Out of everybody. Yeah. Bournemouth. What's wrong with Bournemouth, bro? They're good. No, they're, I mean, they're bottom of the table until that. So, I mean, tell me that. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle's got tons of injuries. Injuries and then suspensions. And it was just that's just a combination. That's just excuses, dog. No, yeah. And I we're mean, saying at that at the end be- of the day, you're right. And They're we're saying and we're saying that because Kieran Trippier had a discussion with pissed off fans that were heckling him, and he turned around and said to them, "Have you seen the amount of injuries that we have?" Yeah. And people took to Twitter and were like, "You are Newcastle. You are Saudi owned. You have unlimited funds. You have." 20 players to choose from, even with seven of them injured. You have the resources. starters. You have the resources to put out 11 players that can win a game versus Bournemouth. Okay. I I don't, I'm not for heckling a fan of fans heckling players, but I think it's a bit, it's, it's, it's a soft excuse from Kieran Trippier to be like, look at our squad, man. Like, okay. So you're just not going to make top six anymore. You're just out. The rest of the season, there's going to be injuries the whole damn season. No. Well, he was saying was that at the end of the day, it was frustrating for him to play that game. You're in the top league of the world, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen worse. We've seen uh, teams have their full-on starters and still lose, right? So I understand his frustration. I understand that maybe in the locker room they're like, we've had a, we have a whole bunch of injuries. How are we going to do this type of thing? But that's where Newcastle themselves need to be mentally if they want to be a top team they have to still come out and produce exactly and and i think that's what the fans asking for it's just like like i'll go back to i don't like when fans heckle but like the response from from trippier to be like oh dude look what we have going on right the fans like we don't give a shit what's going on you are on the british on the english national team you are a baller you're a stud you're the captain when lachal's is is not in there you have a front three of Almiron, Gordon, Joelinton. What else do you need to score against Bournemouth? Are you really going to get shut out by Bournemouth, right? The fans are telling them, "We." I think they understand the situation. They're there with them, but they want higher. But to have, yeah, yeah. No matter who it is, you should be able to bring in a U twenty three, a U nineteen kid, and do well, right? Like I think they're there. What they're telling the Newcastle players is, these aren't excuses. You're in Champions League, so what are you saying? We're just out of Champions League. Because we can't even beat Bournemouth. Because you're saying you're making excuses that you cannot beat Bournemouth. Then what are you going to do when you play Milan? Yeah. No, no, no. What you want the response to be from Trippier is, bro. Like we got some injuries, but we got this. Like we're working on it. Like it's tough, but like we should be doing better. Right now, like hey, brother, like give us six weeks, people will be better. No way. No. No. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Boxing day's coming up, my guy. Let's go. You guys bottled it anyways. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now you're fighting back. Okay. (laughs) Moving on exactly to them. Arsenal, they won 3-1. to And uh, what was making the headlines more than anything, because it was a pretty simple win, was Aaron Ramsdale. Because Ramsdale, as we all know, has been uh, basically pushed back into uh, a bench roll. The backup to the backup almost. Sometimes he's not even on the bench. Sometimes they'll put in the other keeper, Hein, in instead of him. 
And uh, his father came out on social media and was pissed off because of the way that he thinks Arteta has handled the situation. And then to add on to that, it was trending on Twitter that Aaron Ramsdale apparently came out in an interview and said that he um, admitted to not always being focused and that he generally has to like turn to the stands every once in a while. And if you see him on video, he does do it. And there was one goal where there was like a bird on the pitch Uh and he apparently got like distracted by the bird, got shot on goal and couldn't reach the ball. Oh my God. So uh, a lot of people were taking to Twitter being like, Oh, does, is Arteta noticing this lack of focus. focus every once in a while? And he's like, I'm not going to risk it. Let me put in the boy that I know does not lose focus is there a hundred percent of the time. That's rough, man. Um, is I'm wondering if it, this is because he got Arteta put Raya ahead of him. And then all of this started because he played all of last season. And I don't know if we noticed any of that. No, I mean, I didn't personally, I thought he was great. I mean, and then you start seeing the nitpicky, right? And then you're like, oh, shoot. There are videos where he's like, uh, he he mentioned in that interview where to like get back into focus, he'll like, that's one of the reasons why he gets into it with the fans, with the way fans. Oh, okay. Right? He'll like talk smack a little bit to them. And then that's like, I don't know if he deals with ADHD, but like that kind of allows him to reset and then get back into the game. Because other than that, he's like, I have to like, oh, I have shit. to like get away from this. I don't know how much validity to give it, but people were like, oh, this makes sense. (laughs) It does, but, I mean, the dad shouldn't be going out there and kind of, like, putting him on blast like that. Like, it just causes controversy. I know that he may be working in, like, internal stuff going on, but... Yeah, the dad doesn't know what happens in the locker Like, that's never good for the player. Yeah, he doesn't know everything that's going on, right? He doesn't. These are grown men in jobs. Exactly. And Arteta has a job himself which is to pick the best one. And, uh, it, I mean, we'll see if more comes out. I'm sure it'll come out like a documentary, whatever, whatever's going on here. All right, the last one I wanted to call out in the Premier League, Chelsea versus Manchester City was a banger of a game. What a wild match. Let's four go. to four. What a match. I thought City had it easy. Yeah, me too. That 1-0, the first goal that they scored, I was like, ah, papita, let's go. It's going to be 4-0 City. Uh, when Holland scored the first goal, and I was like, "Give me all my fantasy points." <laughs> Fuck. And then uh, Thiago Silva had to pull them out. Uh, I I didn't see where they would get it from, and then where did they get it from? From a set piece from their captain, from a header on a set piece from the thirty-eight year old, thirty-nine year old, whatever. And he's like, "I'm gonna put this on my back." He's still competing at the highest level. Jesus Christ! I mean, he doesn't look old. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Uh, but but yeah, and then it became a Spitfire match. City scoring, going up three one, I believe, and then Sterling scoring against his ex team. Sterling has been balling out this season. He's fucking fast. Yeah, he's a speedster, man. Like yeah, and he scored against his ex team, La Ley de los Exes, and then we had one more at the end. Cole Palmer deservedly got his goal. Bitch ass Palmer. He he's, cost me the draft. Oh, really? You lost yeah. because of the no, goal? No, I, I drew, but I would have won. Uh, I, he deserved the goal, though. Yeah. He's true. been balling out, and he had a little something, a little Spinita versus City. After he scored, and he did almost like a, uh, yeah, I don't know. Y'all let me go. Celebration. Didn't hold his tongue. Um, hey, that, good for him, man. Yeah, I mean. If he's doing that, a man's got 
cojones. I mean, he's 21 years old. Out. He didn't even get loaned. He got sold to Chelsea. So, like, this one like, all right, no me querían. Vámonos. Sácala de la red, cabrón. Vámonos. Chelsea is better than Manchester United. Their situation is better, yeah. Yeah, and they're overall getting better. They're getting results out of Nicholas Jackson. Cole Palmer's the glue. Cole Palmer. Sterling también. Sterling is like that that additional X factor that you're just like, you're just like super glad that you have an extra player that's tearing it up, right? You don't really need him, but you're just like, oh, shit. That's helping out a lot. Yeah. Uh, but Palmer's the glue. Um, that middle of Enzo and Caicedo starting to get a little bit better. Cucurella, I think, fell perfectly on that on the wing. Reese James coming back. Yeah. It's it's getting a little better. Robert Sanchez is a stud, too. And keep. Yeah. All right, let's take it to La Liga. Cesar Girona stays at the top. Let's go. They beat Rayo Vallecano 2-1. to one. Uh, Yeah, and... Everyone keeps talking about this drama with City about how one of, the, one of them is not going to go to Champions League. They got to um, drop one, yeah. Obviously, it's Hirona. No, they have to keep Hirona. You want them to keep Hirona? Uh, yeah. Definitely. It would be very nice. But así no trabaja el mundo. No they should hecho, if the the business the business of Citigroup wants to spread out the love financially. Hell no. Nah. But but at the same time, they need to win Champions League, right? Yeah. So then they're like, okay, Girona's not going to win it. And they're like, but City. But they might win Papita. Europa. So that's what they're going to send them. Exactly. But it's so much less money. Yeah. I was reading, like, you get, like, more money making it out of group stages in Champions League than you do winning Europa. That's insane. Imagine how much they get out of uh, the Conference League. <laughs> <laughs> a little coupon. <laughs> no yeah, if you win it, you get, I mean, you get a, a coupon and a free entry into... Europa, and then Europa, you win a free entry to Champions League. Yeah, they stay ahead of Madrid by two points. Let's go. Which we love these stories, man. Keep it going. Sígueme, even though it's technically another conglomerate. So, like, true. it's not like a little... But, like, you feel happy for the for the fans, right? Yeah, get a little competition. Que no nomás sea Barcelona, Real Madrid. Que sea algo más, algo diferente. I would have wished it would be Almería. Who would you like to win it? Like underdog in La Liga. Like super underdog? I mean, Las Palmas. Las Palmas. Would be They're out of a way out there in an island. Yeah. I mean, I would like, I'm telling you, Rayo Vallecano, I think would be a cool story. Way. I mean, they're always known for being very fast, passionate team. Girona doing good is great for all of us, for footy fans overall. Get some competition in La Liga. All right, Real Madrid beat Valencia 5-1. to one. Yeah, Real Madrid chugging along. Yeah, I mean, they... No problem whatsoever. The The easiest formula for them is just stay as close as you can to Girona. Wait for them to slip up. Vámonos. Yeah, Facilito. Ahí van a estar. Te los brincas como si nada. You know Bellingham. Uh, shoulder injury. Ah, he was out. So they had a... What's his name? Brahim Diaz in his second game. The first... Last week, he played and he scored a goal. And then a uh, goalkeeper. Lunin. The Ukrainian. Yeah. Second game. Because Kepa got hurt warming up in Champions, huh? Yeah, and then he saved the PK in Champions. So right that's now he's living a high. That's what you need, dog. Like you're, you get called upon, yeah. and you deliver. And then now everybody's paying attention to you. Now you can get like a Sevilla next season type of thing. Yeah. Barcelona beat uh, Deportivo Alaves 2-1. to one. Uh, And they were losing at the beginning, and then they came back and won. 
Yeah, they were losing like off of the first minute. I was like, I got a notification que empezó el juego. Barcelona uh, a la vez started. Barcelona zero a la vez uno. At the like, first minute. Madre. You're like, ni pude disfrutar que ya Apenas empezó. me llegó el pinche notification y ya me llegó el segundo que nos metieron gol. So Lewandowski scored two. But what I want to call out from Lewandowski, Cesar, you see that video of La Mina Mal? Oh, trying to give, trying to give Lewandowski a little, a little what's up, a little love tap, a little dap me up, and Lewandowski brushes him off. What's yeah, that all about? I don't know, but that that don't look good, bro. Just from optics right there, that does not look good. Nope. I don't know what the story is behind. I don't know the context. Maybe a few minutes before or whatever. Look, I said, but just that clip that they showed, I was like, bro, like this looks so bad. And whatever the story behind it is, it's a seventeen-year-old kid. Yeah, your prodigy at, at your academy of the institution which you belong to, bro. Give my boy a little dab, dap him up, give him some love. Like, yeah. I understand maybe you're trying to give him tough love or something, but it ain't no manches. Yeah, and then this is gonna fuck with uh, his mind. He's only 17, bro. He's just came into the world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is gonna fuck with his uh, mental fucking. Like whenever confidence. Maybe it'll make him more of a dog. He scored today with but Spain. He scored today. He's like, I'm pissed off, dog. He's 16. He should have been playing <laughs> at the World Cup, at the U17 World Cup. And instead, he's playing against uh, for the Euros. And scoring. Like with the senior squad. Like, that was a baller. Yeah. I, I mean, Lewandowski had a leg to stand on because he scored the two goals here. But, like, bro, there needs to be a little bit of a... Brotherly love, right? Brotherly there. love, cohesion within the team. ¿De qué te sirve? That's un morrito. Ayúdale, enséñale buenos pasos. We'll see. Did you also hear que uh, Rafa Marquez, if Xavi doesn't do good, Rafa Marquez up next? Yeah, pero ya con eso se conforman. Okay, okay. Pues no me... When is Xavi going to leave? That fool is supposed to be the forever coach. They want him to be like Sir Alex. They want him to be like Pep, like... Tú vete cuando te da la gana, confe. Eh, aquí. Aquí, esta es tu casa. Esa es tu casa. Y, a ver, quítate los zapatos. A ver, no, I mean, I think what they, both of them are doing is really good for Barcelona overall. Yeah, the one-two punch right now is killing it. Full, right? They're killing it. Barcelona Athletic is doing really well. And you've seen all the players go from Barcelona Athletic to the first team. Like La Mina Mal. Yeah, he's feeding great he's players feeding in there. great players. I mean, uh, the dude that's actually at the U-17 World Cup, Gui. Uh-huh. Mark Gui, no? The one that scored he like, scored like two, 20 seconds in 20 seconds into his debut. Yeah, yeah. second touch. Yeah, yeah. It was a baller también. So right now Rafa Marquez looking good because really he can good. he can get the most out of the players that he has and feed him into Xavi. That's literally A plus on his job description. He's doing yeah. everything that he needs to. The tough thing is Xavi, I think he's going to be there a while, so I don't really care too much about that statement. But if Xavi leaves... Barcelona is going to be in shambles because he had left. And I don't know if I want Rafa Marquez in that coaching situation. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, and it's going to be really bad, even worse for Barcelona if they can't like fix their financial shit. Because right now the formula is working really well. Rafa, you get re- get these players ready for Xavi to... Get us cheap players because we can't afford others. Metalo. And then maybe I'll sell one of them and get like really good money, and then we get two players. Yeah, if for the y- senior squad, if Yamal is killing it, why do you need Ansu Fati back? Ansu exactly. Fati is killing it at Brighton. Vamos, 
30 minutos, por favor. Vámonos. Nada no más, güey. 60, and then you buy 230. Ah, papá. Tú He's sabes de negocio. 60, bro. No, Ansu Fati is not worth 60 because nobody even wanted him. That's why they loaned him, right? So, like, I don't know. If I'm a, a, another team, I'm like, te doy 25. <laughs> you insane. Uh, ¿Cuánto está Santi? How much is he? 40. 40? Yeah, you're right. Maybe Ansu Fati is not worth 60. I got that. That's your gauge. <laughs> All right, let's bring it on to the Bundesliga. We know how fun and competitive that league is. Let's go. Stuttgart won 2-1 to one over Borussia Dortmund. That's actually a great game. We called it out, but it didn't come up in the recording. So we hope yeah. that you guys just vi telepathically knew to watch that game. But Guriasi, the, the amazing sensation out of Stuttgart, came in and he scored. Yeah, he came back from injury. Again, we called it out in the recording um, saying... We don't know if he's going to be back this game, but if he is, watch out for him. Watch out for Stuttgart, and that they would be better with him, huh? Exactly. And all look, they scored. He came out the 70th, and then he scored off of a PK. I mean. He needs to get back to it. He needs to get back yes, to he's it. Yes, Got the dub. What else do you want from my guy? Yeah, that's true. 20 minutes, gets a goal, so he se recuerda del gol. And then you also don't risk him pulling that hamstring again in 20 minutes, right? Exactly. Gets that confidence. Next game, I'm gonna starting to score those two to three that he usually does. And then this was against Borussia Dortmund, so it was a tough squad for sure. Yep, tough squad. Let me. Yeah, Stuttgart's in third, right above Leipzig, but Bayern won four two over Heidenheim. Uh, facilito, Kane with a brace. Yep, per usual. Bayern Leverkusen won 4-0 over Union Berlin, who is still struggling. Struggle, but We also called it out. did not come out in the recording. But Union Berlin had lost, I believe, 11 games in a row. And then they tied in Champions League, their first tie in God knows how long. And then they played the number one team overall in Bundesliga. Got and, destroyed. And they got smacked 4-0. And, yeah, I don't know who's going to stop this Bayern Leverkusen team. Maybe just Bayern. They tied last time. They played two to two. So yeah. I don't even know if they're able to. I think only if you get injuries or, you know, I don't know, going a bad batch where your players like uh, Grimaldo don't, don't show up. Grimaldo, Florian Wirtz is tearing it up again. But yeah, I I just feel bad for Union Berlin. Where's last Granit place? Xhaka? Is Granit Xhaka at Bayern también? Leverkusen, yeah. Bro. That was a low-key sneaky pickup. That was a bro. sneaky pickup, but I think Xabi Alonso knew exactly what he was doing. No, definitely. He's like, dame mi pinche gatillero en el medio, mi pinche capitán, el, el que me va a mover todo. Right? That's what. That's a perfect pickup, especially yeah. for Bundesliga. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, Union Berlin, six points total in 18th, dead last. Wow. Yeah. Que suenan las alarmas. Yeah, two wins, nine losses. They need to sound the alarms. They need to do something for here and for champ. You're in champions. Yeah, bro. You're sure as hell not going to be in champions next year. Bro, it's so funny to me that the ultras, a cup, I think it was their first match, first or second match in champions. They're like, don't worry, guys. We're just happy we're in champions. And fucking seven games later, they still haven't won a game. ¿De qué les sirve estar en Champions? Van a irse para la casa. Más peor. Se van a ir a la casa y then van a descender a la segunda. I mean, they could just win one game and they're fucking out. Two games, yeah. 
They haven't won in the past 10, 12. All right. Um, one thing to call out quickly in Italy. Inter won 2-0, to zero, but they got a banger from Di Marco from Dude, halfway. From like half field. It didn't even look like he was trying to kick it to goal. Like he kind of like the f- like the form, you know, when you got to do a long shot, you just lean your body back, you kick it hella hard. Yeah. He's kind of running forward and just like, think, it's like right over the keep. Dude, that boy has massive thighs if he can do that or calves. For real, he's just like, I don't know. There's that kilometro. And did you see the way, like, the goalie was reaching and then, like, went in, like, a little space, right, like, big enough for the ball? Yeah. I was like, bro, like, that's insane to make it. But those plays, the blame's on the keeper, no? No, I mean. To get scored on from that far and you are in the general area, Generally, is the keeper right? Okay, but all he was—he just had crossed half field. Yeah, like that's insane. Like, Entonces, the Guinness, like la defensa. Yeah, you let him shoot, but like, no who would shoot this day? If you want to blame someone, okay, blame the keeper. It is, but in reality, like that was just a a tremendous strike. It's a freak goal. It's, it's a, a tremendous strike. Goal. Like I'm telling you, the space that the ball went in was like barely big enough for the ball. The way the goalie was reaching, the where where the post was. It's just one in like a thousand that he tries. No, but no, era culpa del portero. No, 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 no. Yo como defensa, I'm looking at my keeper. Hey, yo, okay. What's going on? Wait, no lo dejes tirar, cabrón. Pues sí, pues por eso lo, lo paré acá. I stopped him at the half field, but then he turned me, and then he shoots from right there. Exactly. And let it go he in. turned you. Why Where are you, you at? Fell him, bro. Ay, ay, no, 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 no. All right, let's take it to the Netherlands. Feyenoord won one zero. They keep winning, even though Santi does not keep scoring. He has four games without scoring, which is starting to sound some alarms. People are saying Raúl Jiménez will start over him now because he miraculously scored one goal with Fulham, and because Santi hasn't scored in four. Are um, you worried? No, I'm not. I was watching an interview with um, the Chaco Jiménez, and Chaco was saying exactly what's going on now. the The interview with um, Pelaez came out before these past four games, and he was saying, hey, he was telling Chaco was telling his son, "Yo, mijo, like you're gonna have times where you're gonna be on fire like you are now, but there's gonna be times where you're gonna go on a drought for like ten, whatever, how many games? But the whole point is that whenever whatever you're doing now that you're practicing, you have to keep it consistent." Because those times are going to go. As long as you stay consistent, you're going to go back to scoring or you're going to have droughts. But what matters is that you stay consistent and keep progressing your game. It's just natural for that to happen to a, to a striker. Sometimes you're not going to score. Damn, we need more chacos in yeah. this world as parents of their kids. Imagine having an ex-national team superstar as your dad. Dude, that interview is really good. It kind of yeah. gives you an insight on... How, like, the mentality of that yeah. family. The whole family, they're very humble. They're very, I mean, they they have their roots in traditional values. They're very religious, right? So they attribute a lot of their success to um, to God and everything, which I think keeps them very humble. Yeah. No, but shout out to that fam. We saw the video of, of Santi and how he celebrated his Champions League goal uh-huh. with Fer, where they had a shit ton of food. They were going up to their hotel, and everyone's like, "Yeah, conocí la envidia." <laughs> <laughs> Imagine scoring two goals on Champions League on your debut, and you're like, "What do you want to eat?" Oh, I'm gonna go out to a restaurant, fancy restaurant, because I just scored in Champions. 
something. Nah. nah. But that's just what we've seen in all these videos, right? Like very humble. Even his girlfriend, she's they're so bubbly together and they just have a good time, right? Yeah. No, none of the bells and whistles. No más mi fera aquí al ladito. And some pizza. Sí. Pues qué más? Well, that's all they need. La felicidad. No, pinche envidia. En la vida. Dios, play... cuando me toca a mí. <laughs> I'm going to play more COD so I find me a fan. <laughs> I know, bro. No, hasta se encuentran little kids ahí, no mames. All right, ready. All right, let's bring it to CONCACAF. Liga MX. We got the final week of Liga MX. We got the, the playoff situation completely situated. It's all good and ready to go. Let me pull up my table just to give you guys a bit of a snippet. Because, like I said, we're going to have a full episode on a recap. Um, let us know in the Discord what you guys want to hear, but we'll talk who's the top goal scorer, who had the most assists, who's our surprise, who, like, what the hell happened to Juarez, who was Quien number one. Mas. Yeah, exactly. Who had Cruz the worst Azul. season and that you expected it would do better. Exactly, right? We'll give our predictions for the playoffs, everything. It'll be, it'll be fun. But what we got, we got a top ten. Right, and then there's a play-in tournament. Seven through ten play against each other to figure out who seven and eight is at the end of the day. So we got America number one, the America. Let's go. I believe the first team to hit forty points in these short tournaments. Calmate. Uh, and then we got Monterrey in second with thirty-three. We got Tigres. Pumas ended up fourth, and Chivas because they lost. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, dropped down to fifth, 27th, and now they have to. They gave up the home field advantage to Pumas, and then we got Puebla. Surprised everybody with Vamos. three three free points that they got, oh, yeah, and then the their table. win brought them all the way from 19 points to 25 in sixth place, all in one week. Los camoteros. Puebla desde la cuna, cabrones. cabrones. Uh, San Luis got seventh, a bit of a surprise. Definitely. León got eighth. Santos got ninth. Uh, Mazatlán got 10th. Vamos, el crack. Wow, what Morelia a surprise. FC. What a surprise. Morelia FC. <laughs> they did it by beating Tolucas head to head. ¿Qué más querían? Uh, did you know that Nacho Ambris is not there anymore? Yeah, it's been like two weeks, I think. Yeah, we didn't even cover it. Goddamn, somos pendejos. Uh, and then Mazatlán, yeah, in last, which left out Pachuca, Toluca, Tijuana, Querétaro, we all knew. But left out three amazing teams, in my opinion. Yo, I just want to call out fucking Querétaro did so well in League's Cup. They were alive in the, in, until the last and moment. And then they, they tied Monterrey. They had it right there. Yeah, true. But, yeah, we'll talk more in depth what happened to Juarez. They were doing so well at first with all the young Chivas players. They beat players. America. Yep. Uh, what happened to America? Goddamn. All the way at the top. What happened to Chivas? What happened to Toluca, Cruz Azul? Yeah, Cruz Azul. Yeah, we'll talk about all that stuff. Let's talk about what happened in this last week. Uh, Pumas. Chivas. Yeah, let's face the music. Pumas beat Chivas 1-0. The biggest headline, Alexis Vega was getting booed. Yeah. Not only booed, he was getting called drunk. They They were chanting borracho. And then just to make, just to add salt on the wound, he goes in. You're like, all right, baby, like, come on, score a golazo. Give us an Alexis Vega golazo. Do something. Get the fans back on your side. They get a penalty kick off of his off of his free kick. He hits it, and then uh, I think Del Prete, I think, turns and gets a handball penal. And then Alexis shoots it, 
And at first year, it's like, bro, what are you doing? You've been suspended two games. I don't think you practice very much. Why is Bonovich allowing this? And then he misses. Pumas bien. Gonzalez, the keeper from Pumas, blocks it. Bien. Yeah. But horrible take. Yeah, the way he took that was terrible. No, I, well, two steps. Puts it right a mid-level for the keeper. And you're just like, how can things get any worse? Like, why are you doing these? Let somebody else take it. Don't be the villain. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I get secondhand embarrassment from your Chivas. It's so bad. But then everybody kind of, you got to take a step back and think about it. Think about what? Baunovic. Okay. You suspended him. Yes. Why is he taking the PK? Because Bauno doesn't have set. Doesn't and have that's the set. thing. People are just like, okay, like Baunovic, some of these things are really simple and kind of dumb mistakes on your part. Yeah. Tú impones quien patea los penales, los tiros libres, todos los balones parados, right? Somebody there should have taken that instead of him. Yep. But Piojo wasn't there. I don't know. Maybe Guti wasn't 100%. Like, but, like, I don't... It was just a horrible situation, and I I don't think Paunovic's hand was there to be like, all right, like, this person needs to do it. I feel like this goes in hand with Nene Beltran was saying. Did you hear what he said at that Yeah, podcast? that they don't have the leadership. They don't have a, that dog in the locker room. Nope. I think you guys don't have a captain um, that has say, that has word, que tiene palabra, those old school captains. Yeah. You don't have a coach who has say either. You don't have a coach who impones sus reglas. We've seen it with Alexis going doing his shit in Toluca and coming back like nothing. Like, we've seen it. Like, clearly, he's not the man for the job. Yep. And on top of that, you don't have a captain in the locker room to go in there and say, no, this is what we're going to do. Amarras en huevo. Me vale verga. Que eres Alexis Vega. Que traigas lo que traigas. I'm taking it. From now on, I'm I'm doing I'm taking control of this locker room. You guys do not have that because they have they have veterans. They have older Why is players. And also taking it. Why is because that fool's not like a, a leader? That's not like a leader. He's just a veteran, right? There's a difference between a veteran and a leader, right? A leader is Chapito Montes. A leader is Miguel Ayun. A leader is like these players. They're old. They, I mean, they don't have to be older, right? Pero dicen. Vamos a amarrarnos un huevo y vamos a ganar este pinche partido. And I've seen videos where El Pocho Guzman does it, but at the same time, you have to also show that on the field. He did last season. He tore it up. We've been talking about it. This year, he's not tearing it up as much, right? But he's still on video being the guy in La Bola telling them, like, we have to show up for these fans. We got to kill he, it, Was right? he on the field? He was then? subbed out at that point. But then you look at who was Dude. in at that point. <sighs> you look at who was in. Brizuela can shoot it, but like he doesn't shoot them, right? Um, Marin was still in there. Marin no, will not shoot it no. for you. Padilla had already been subbed out, but he, he's whatever. Nene Beltran is not really your PK no. taker, right? Mozo is not going to shoot your PKs. Chicote Calderon is not going to shoot your PKs. I personally think Pollo Briseño just needs to fucking. He was grab, in. Yeah, he was in. He was right. in the whole game. He just needs to grab the ball and be like, brother, I come. I was a captain at the youth levels. I know how dude. to fucking do this at the big moments. Let me take it. But Guti was in. Dude, no, but Guti just got there. Doesn't matter. Like, bro, you're the matter. European guy. No, no, no. When you bring a European back, they have to step up. No, and yes. this is what we've been okay, saying. Yes. Guti hasn't stepped up this whole time. <clears throat> what Elena said is true. They don't have that leader. And that's what I think Chicharito would bring 
and people gave me mixed replies on Twitter when I said Chicha come home. But Chicharito is that guy you need. He doesn't have to start, but you need that in the locker room. Yeah. You need that grown ass man that's been successful to come back and say, be successful here and this is how you're going to do it. And anything else than that, I don't accept it. Right. Yeah. And same with PKs. Like, it's, I just don't see who, quien de aquí, like, lo va a tomar. Yeah, you guys have fallen far, bro. I think of uh, Chivas, I think of Hector uh, Reynoso. I think of Ramoncito yeah, Morales. I think of Omar They're all grown-ass men. They and were grown-ass men, the same age as these guys. But having the cojones to be like, yeah. we're going to make it happen. We're going to win championships. We're going to go to South America and beat all these teams. Boca Juniors, quien sea, el bofo. And to to see you guys go into podcasts and say, no hay un líder natural. Well, no. I mean, nos, nos I mean they all. Like, bro, you got to be kidding me. The the thing is, the players that, like, become veterans there, like Brizuela and them, they're not taking on that role, right? Like, they're not. Pusios. They What? Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just mad because you guys suck. <laughs> they don't. Brother, this is a horrible season by Chivas. They ended a fifth. También no tenemos que andar. This is a bad season for Chivas. All the drama that they had, and they're in fifth. And if they beat Pumas, les va a tocar a América. Fácil. Yeah. No, no, pues no tan it's fácil. It's not. Pero. It's not that. It's not that bad. But it is. There is a level of expectation that Chivas, I think, is slowly starting to get to, where people are just like, "All right, okay is not okay," and yeah. that's what it should have been the past ten years, and it hasn't been. But it's getting to that, right? So now Chivas is really. Starting to realize this, they need to bring in Chicharito. Carlos Vela is not going to come to Chivas. I can guarantee you that. He will not come. Yeah. Pulido saying he wants to retire at Chivas, but then he signs a, a extension. It's stupid. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Chicharito would fit perfectly into that role. Bring him into the locker room. Tell him no more partying, dog. Ya deja sus madres. Agarrate el locker room. Agarrate los morros. Enseñales. Especially that young kid. Ya el padilla. Ya el padilla. Make him a killer. That who needs somebody to look up to and to train with. Imagine training next to Chicharito. Like, that'd be insane. Yeah, pero a ver si arreglan las cosas. But big thing, I give some blame to that to Panovic. No, I think allowing I think Alexis to shoot it. 80% of that blame is his. Obviously, the one that's going to get booed is Alexis when they play in, in, in Guadalajara next. Yeah. But at the same time, Panovic didn't take... El Piojo Alvarado to this at all because he has four yellow cards in a must-win game. They could have even tied. They could have tied. But he leaves Piojo home because he doesn't want him to get a fifth yellow card. Your coach is a joke. It's so such a dumb move. Like, you can play in a certain way where you guarantee the player will not get a yellow card if they're not stupid. But how are you going to take the player that's been at their best moment out of the equation when you need to win the game? Yeah. You have to win it. That'll take us right into that. Tigres tied versus America 0-0. It was a very entertaining game, I thought. It was yes. very offensive, even though it was 0-0. Yep. It, it gave you playoff vibes. Yeah. It was a playoff game both in of a these, regular season. These two teams, when it comes down to when they need to, they play like playoff teams. Like yeah. much higher level than what you see from the bottom level. La Liga, uh, Liga Mekis teams. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We saw, what's his name, Marcelo Flores hit a little tijerita. Yeah, his dad was tweeting, I imagine if this was this went in. I was like, bro, that was cool. Really, but, it, but it didn't. But, like, don't tweet it, bro. Um, 
no, but yeah, both sides look like very aggressive, very dangerous. I mean, it makes me excited for this playoffs. Definitely. Yeah, I was, uh, we were out in a restaurant and we were watching it on the TV and I was like, bro, this is a good game. Yeah. It and exactly what Tuca said. There are teams out there that can beat America. Yeah. Pero no. America just, you know, had a. Tigres is a playoff team. Yeah. They're a single Tigres. elimination team. They are, uh, like, they had, nos agarramos en el playoffs. Eh? Sí. Por viejitos. No, I mean, Tigres is just, they have so many offensive uh, like capabilities. Like, they're really offensive team. They're fun to watch. Um, their right back is Aquino still, and that has been right wing his whole freaking career yeah. up until Tigres. And that just tells you of that mentality. Yeah. Same with America. America had plenty of opportunities. Okay, the last one that we just wanted to call out quickly, Puebla, the way that they got into the into the playoffs, into top six, was by beating Cruz Azul 2-1. to one. Puebla knocked out Cruz Azul with that. They snuck all the way into sixth place. And honestly, they're coming in with some good momentum. Hell uh, yeah. They got a new coach now, a Mexican coach. So it's pretty solid to see them uh, being there. They get out of that play-in. They go in directly. So that's great for them. Para los enfranjados. Yeah, they were so happy when that game ended. They were like running across the field to, to hug, uh, especially the goal scorer. Guillermo Martinez. Guillermo Martinez, who's been killing it, by the yeah. way. Yeah, shout out to Guillermo Martinez. Where are my notes? I got it right here. Mexican, he's like 28 years old. Yeah, uh, Liga Mekis, lifer. Even Liga de Ascenso, he played at Celaya for the longest time. He was an ex-Chivas for a little bit. Super tall, Mexican striker. Had 10 goals this season. And isn't even getting looked at for the national team, Nobody. Right? Probably knew his name I think, until now. I think after a certain amount of goals, you, by default, somebody needs to give you a little call to that national team for some like, of these yo, games. You're doing good. Keep it up, and I yeah. might call you for the game in December. Yeah, Palavanca or something. Like You got to bring him up. Reward these players that are doing so good. He deserves it. He's the only Mexican player at double-digit goals. He's second, right? Right behind the Santos guy? But yeah, the only Mexican uh, goal scorer with double digits, 10. But that uh, Puebla team... Just are good in the air. That's all they do. They just go wide and then give you a cross. They got Brian Angulo. That dude's killer out wide. Yep. Uh, Brian Angulo wide, and then they got um, Velasco. Yeah, this and, team is going to be They dangerous. have a good goalie, too. Like, low-key, Rodriguez has been killing it for them. Jesus Rodriguez, also 30 years old, so he's a bit older. Pero ahí están. Ahí van. There, hay calidad. All right, yeah, so keep an eye out for Puebla. They might make it a little deep. Who knows? Uh, let's bring it to the MLS. Uh, just to bring us on home, uh, Seattle Sounders eliminated FC Dallas. Damn. I don't know who thought FC Dallas would have moved on, but I mean they got a little lifeline. They got they got a win at home, and then they went back to Seattle, and then they lost. Uh, but my biggest point with MLS is so much gap between games, dude. The last MLS game in playoffs was on Sunday and they don't play until November 25th. So that's next week. Yeah. Week um, over a week from today, Saturday of not this week, but the following week. God damn. That's too much break. A Houston dynamo eliminated Ross Salt Lake and PKs. Hector Herrera is getting all of his flowers for his performances in, in MLS. Uh, He got player of the match. He made his penalty kick. Diego Luna, our boy, friend Diego of the podcast. Luna. 
not actually a friend of the podcast. No, but if but he wants to. Yeah, we wish. But he missed his PK. He went from hero to zero. But he scored the the one to, yeah, so. So you can keep them there, no? Exactly. Well, Give him a chance. Yeah, but no. I, he needs to get some call-ups. He got, so he had a, um, they asked him this week about what does he think that Greg Berhalter is not showing him any love for the national team. And he said, he's like, it is what it is. He's like, I'm I'm working. I'm continuing to work hard. And if they don't want to show me love and give me a call, put me mother. That's, that's that mentality, though. But like he, he deserves it. Like, he uh, bring him to the bench. I know they got a lot of European dudes, right? But, like, they need to show some of the, the, the standouts. Get them some minutes somewhere. Get them a call up. Isino, if he wants to represent Mexico. He should. Uh, he could still do the one-time switch. So maybe he should add a little bit of pressure by, I don't know, answering the phone de la, little, de la bomba. A little cendejas action. También que se venga cendejas, or what do you mean? No, or that cendejas switch. was playing the, the yeah. double role. I mean, I think he would kill it in Mexico. Yeah, but. More I natural was, 10. I met his dad once, and we were talking about that. And he's like, es que Mexico nunca lo llamó. So Diego Luna has always said, I, I don't feel represented by Mexico. So I don't even bat an eye. That's true. I mean, yeah, I so. feel like Mexico sometimes they're just a little fucking lazy. I don't know. It's sometimes I just feel like they just don't care they don't. about certain players. And they're like, yeah, he's killing it. He's killing it. But we never called him. So we're just not going to anymore. And it's just like, dog, like, it goes, malo. But it goes hand in hand with the whole Televisa thing. Like America brings their players and, mm-hmm. oh, this is the guy that's going to be the next superstar for the next seven years, ten years. Y lo no acaba nada. Y lo no acaba nada. ¿Qué pasó con Diego Lainez? O Córdoba. Todo. But, También but, el Mozumbito. El Mozumbito. No, no hombre. Mozumbito. No, but that brings us to a final eight in uh, MLS. We got, in the West, we got Houston versus Sporting Kansas City, who I think are the dark horses, Sporting Kansas City. The best record in the past. Definitely. And the best record in the last couple of months in MLS, but uh, nobody saw them coming anyways, and they're still there. After beating uh, St. Louis. Yeah, con la planadora. Seattle Sounders versus LAFC. That's going to be a good one. Two powerhouses in the West. Definitely. Uh, Orlando versus uh, Columbus Crew. My money's on Columbus. That one's going to be a good one. And then uh, what I think is the best one, the best game of this round, Cincinnati versus Philadelphia. They're all good, bro, but I get what you're saying. Cincy is just... Killing Since it. he's number one in Philly, you can never count him out. Yeah, and they were finalists last season as well. So I think these are very deserved um, final uh, top eight. So it's going to be fun to watch. Lit. All right, let's bring it on home, Cesar. Let's go. All right, Cesar, let's give the people something to watch. We got an international break. Yeah, so I have Scotland against Norway. You have the Scottish that have been doing really well in these Euro qualifiers. And you got Norway that just wants to pick up some points with Erling Holland. I'm bringing it to the youth side. We got England U17s versus Brazil U17s in the U17 World Cup. Also in the U17 World Cup, we got USA versus France. This USA squad's been killing it. They've been beating everybody in their path. But we all know French youth squads are a whole different beast. In the Euro qualifiers, I got Portugal against Iceland. Iceland need to get some sort of points to stay in the race. Um, to stay in the uh, playoff position for the Euros. Um, so we'll see if they can get anything out of Portugal. Here in the Nations League, to qualify for Copa America, we got Mexico versus Honduras. 
and going along with this game, we're going to be streaming it live. So keep an eye out for the links that we'll share on social media. Uh, yeah, you guys can just jump on, watch along. We'll be talking smack about what's going on in the game. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and drinking some chelitas too. And Combembo, I got Brazil against Argentina. It's a great game. Brazil just lost against Colombia, so they need to pick up some points. And you have Argentina, who just also came out from a loss against Uruguay. Both teams are hurt. Both teams are going to try and win this game. It's a classic down in South America, so I'm sure everybody's going to be tuning in for that one. In Liga Mekis, we got the semifinal, El Clásico Nacional. Chivas Femenil versus América. It's going to be a good one. This is always one that we see in the playoffs in Liga Mekis Femenil. They're going to pack the stadiums. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be mayhem. Two amazing stacked squads. It's really up in the air in this game. To finish it off, we got Peru against Venezuela and Conmebol. Um, you have Peru who have one point this whole Conmebol qualifiers for the World Cup. Um, let's see if Juan Reynoso can help this team out. All right, let's bring it on home, man. Let's, uh, folks, we got a whole bunch of stuff planned for this end of the year, for the beginning of the year. Like we said, that conference we got coming up in January. Uh, we got some really fun stuff that we can't disclose just yet. But right at the <laughs> turn of the new year, you guys will start seeing a lot more details. And if you guys are in the Discord, maybe we'll start dropping some golden nuggets in there for people, some sneak peeks. But like we always say, uh, subscribe, follow us on social media, share us with a friend. That's how we grow. Uh, and we appreciate every single one of you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.